Well, it is great to see you this morning, and uh, our servers are going to collect our offering now. We appreciate you guys, and thank you always, uh, always for your faithfulness in that. Uh, we, uh, today is the day we've been talking for a few weeks, uh, just one of those little housekeeping things that we have to take a congregational vote on our 2024 proposed budget and leadership candidates so be sure and grab one of those ballots that are out in the lobby and, uh, and drop that in the ballot box before you leave today. We just need to get that taken care of before the end of the year. So thank you for that. And uh, we just got some, a few things as they're still collecting offering today that I really wanted to celebrate uh, because we had a, we've had a great week this past week. A lot of awesome stuff. And uh, if you were here this past week, we had our seniors Christmas uh, dinner or dessert and man, that was a great time if you were here, so thank you all that were here, and for those that volunteered, I hope that you enjoyed it. It was just a wonderful, wonderful time. Yeah, it was, it was great. And, uh, and yesterday, we, uh, we were just privileged to be able to host our local shop with a cop, and uh, just loved uh, the opportunity for that. I think I got a picture of some of those kids and families, so thank you guys for the volunteering and for the generosity and everything that it takes to pull that off as well. And last Sunday, we, we got to celebrate with a really special lady that uh, we, we just want to give it up for Heidi Underwood and giving her life to Jesus. So let's celebrate Heidi. Well, I, I, I do admit it. I, I love the movie A Christmas Story, and I know that there's either lovers or haters. You know, there's not a lot of in-between people, and that's what some of you, you're like, oh, man, I do. I love the movie. And others of you are like, I don't like Christmas at all. That's why I don't like that movie. You're just the Grinch, you know. But uh, it's, a, it's got all the elements, I think, that make for a, for a great movie it, because we, it's so relatable. And I, I usually watch it four or five times. I actually watched it again yesterday. It's got a lot of feel-good moments, you know, and, uh, and there's also a lot of tension. Because if you've watched it, you know, poor old Ralphie, this little kid, he just, he just keeps, the hits just keep coming for this guy. I mean, he, he wants the gift, the Red Rider BB gun, but everybody keeps telling him, you're going to shoot your eye out. He's got a bully at school that when he, you know, is walking home from school, they stop and twist his arm and, and uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And he, you know, then he's saving up his points and he wants to, remember, he wants to get that little orphan Annie decoder pen and he's waiting for it and it finally comes and it's a crummy advertisement you know and it's just everything keeps keeps he's just frustrated with life and then there's my favorite part of the movie which which uh, when the family buys a Christmas tree and they're bringing it home and they get a flat tire so the dad hops out of the car he says time me you know he's always had a dream of being a NASCAR in the pit you know and so he goes out there. You, you remember that part? And, and so his mom says, Ralph, why don't you go out and help your dad? And so he's out there holding the, the hubcap, you know, so he can put the lug nuts in. If you've ever helped your dad hold a flashlight, you know that's a, it's, it's dangerous. You know, there's a lot of emotions that, that can happen. And, 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 uh, and he, the dad accidentally hits the, the hubcap, sends the lug nuts flying everywhere. And Ralphie says, oh, fudge. Only I didn't say fudge. I said the word, the big one, the queen mother of dirty words, the F dash, dash, dash. Poor kid. You remember what his mom did to him? Had his mouth washed out with soap. You remember, you remember that, that scene? Well, I, uh, I, I, I had to go on because I was trying to remember what soap he mentions. 
Because he talks about a case like, oh, I've, I've, I've become a connoisseur of soaps, and I've found that palmolive is nice after dinner flavor, you know. He says, but Life Boy, on the other hand, well, I just so happened to buy some Life Boy soap, and I need a volunteer. <laughs> Who wants to get a little taste of nostalgia at something else? Come on. I, I keep hearing Butch. Now, I've heard that this, I have heard that this may cause blindness. You want to give it a taste? I got some, I got the cup for you to spit in and water for later. He, the poor guy's just here trying to count you guys. He, <laughs> I tried it yesterday and I, I'll just tell you, it is not pleasant. <laughs> He took a bite. That's a good man. <laughs> That's for you. Thank you. Here you go. That's for me. <laughs> you might need that. <laughs> Thanks, Butch. <laughs> I, now, I, I, I'll tell you, I, when I was a kid, my mom used to wash our mouth out with soap. It happened. I'm probably still blowing bubbles. Butch is going to be blowing bubbles later on today. But... Uh, I, I can remember one time in particular, this is a true story, me and my little brother, I don't remember what we did, but we were talking back or something, and my mom would stick the bar of soap in our mouth, and she'd, you know, kind of wiggle it around a little bit to get it on your tongue, and uh, she, she did that to my kid brother, and, and I will never, he's probably seven or eight years old, put it in his mouth, and, and when she took it out, he, go, he goes, mmm, and I remember my mom putting it back in and raking it over his teeth. <laughs> you know, it's just the things that we do as kids. But, but, but poor Ralphie, poor Ralphie, he's frustrated because nothing is, is going his way. And I know that some of us in here, we feel like that right now. We feel like, man, I just the hits keep coming. Nothing is, nothing is going my way. We really are the most hurried and distracted people that have ever lived, ever, in the history of, of people. And, and this is the most fast-paced season of the year. There's a lot of stress. I've already talked to some of you this morning that, that say, man, I can't believe, you know, we got like one week left in Christmas. Where'd the month go? Where'd the season go? Where'd the year go? It's just crazy. Maybe you're a little tired or you're frazzled. Give yourself a little grace today because you're not alone. We all feel that. But my hope for us today is that we'll find something that we can grab onto. We'll be able to see that finding peace is not beyond our grasp. And for a lot of us, when we think about the word peace, I, I believe that our definition of it is way too limited. Because well, how we often define the word peace is the absence of problems. It's when things go, are going my way. You know, we, we look at, okay, the movie, and we say, oh, Ralphie, he, he's not, he doesn't have any peace in his life because nothing's working out. And that's how we think about it in our own lives, that when, when life is stressful, when there are people who are annoying, when there are things that happen to me that I, I didn't want to happen to me, or I need to do things that I don't want to do, then, then we consider that to be, we can't have peace in those moments. But the problem with that definition is that it's not found anywhere in God's word. Nowhere did God ever say, I want you to have this. I want you to have 
no problems. I want everything to always look good and, and, and work out well for you. In fact, the word, the word peace, is, as you and I understand it, where we think that I'm, I feel good and everything goes my way, that's not a concept we can find anywhere in the Bible. So what I want to share with you, I believe it could really change our, our hearts and minds a little bit because I'm sure, I'm sure that you've seen this scripture whether you've read it in God's Word or on your own, or you've heard it in a message, or you've seen it on a Christmas card or, or somewhere, when the angels came to announce the birth of Christ, this is what they said in Luke 2, verse 14. They said, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. There's the word. Jesus would often say that to people, and, and not just him, but a lot of people would say it as a greeting. Peace be with you. The Apostle Paul, when he wrote letters to different churches, that's how he would introduce the letter. He would say, grace and peace. And you know, he, there's a lot of other things he could have said. Why, why did he say that? Why did he say grace and peace? Why didn't he? He could have said grace and health. Or grace and prosperity. Grace and popularity. Grace and good vibes. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things. But that's not what he said. And I believe he didn't say those things because that's not what people need more than anything in this life what we need is peace and that's the thing that we feel like we're missing most of the time but real peace it, it only comes from heaven this is not a the, the, in fact the world doesn't understand it and we're gonna let's I want us to kind of walk through this a little bit I want you to remember maybe some moments in your life when the world can't comprehend what what it even means what it even looks like and how you could feel any peace because it doesn't originate from within the world we look at a scripture in the Old Testament in Isaiah 26 and the prophet Isaiah God had given him a vision of things that were to come this was written hundreds of years before Jesus was born and, and in that time much like in our time there's a lot of restlessness there's a lot of turmoil and things are mixed up but Isaiah he was given a word from the Lord that that one day there would come a day of unbridled worship, and it would be filled with peace and passion and praise for the goodness of God. And he wrote in Isaiah 26, starting in verse 1, in that day, everyone in the land of Judah will sing this song. Our city is strong. We are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Open the gates to all who are righteous. Allow the faithful to enter. For you, God, the Lord, will keep in perfect peace all who trust you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. The promise that we have there is perfect peace. What is that? Some of us, maybe we scratch our heads and, and we, we don't always feel peaceful and in our limited view of what it is, things don't go my way. I would say things rarely go our way. A lot of us are going to be rolling into Monday saying, oh, fudge. So what is it? What is perfect peace? Well, the word, the word peace, is the, it's the word shalom. And it was a Jewish greeting. It was uh, as you came in, as you left, shalom. You know, it, and it meant more than just peace. It means wholeness. It, it's completeness. 
It's the, uh, it's the fullness of peace. It's peace in every way. It means peace with God. You know, where I don't have, you, know, you ever have those moments where you feel like, I don't know where I stand with God. I don't know how God feels about me. I don't know how I feel about God. I just feel a little mixed up. That's, that's not peace. Peace with God where I know where I stand and I know who he is and I know that he will continue to be faithful to me no matter what. It's peace with others where I, I know that even when people do things wrong, you know, when they, when they wrong me or, or people maybe hate me or they're rude or whatever, that that's okay. That I, I still, I don't feel the need to retaliate. I don't feel like I have to get my pound of flesh, you know. I, I'm, at, I'm at peace with others. I'm at peace in, in my life, you know. I, I, I don't have that, that bitterness that just consumes me. It's when you have peace with yourself where I know who I am and I'm okay in my own skin. Peace with your circumstances. I'm content with who I am, with what I have and where I am and who I am. And that it's, it's, it's shalom, it's, it's complete wholeness. I think one of the best definitions of what it looks like comes from a theologian named Cornelius Plantinga in his book, A Brevery of Sin. And here's what he says. He says, in the Bible, shalom means universal flourishing, wholeness and delight. It's a rich state of affairs in which natural needs are satisfied and natural gifts fruitfully employed, meaning you have what you need and you're, 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 you know that you're fulfilling your, your purpose. You sense that. It's a state of affairs that inspires joyful wonder as its creator and savior opens doors and welcomes the creatures in whom he delights. Shalom, in other words, is the way things ought to be. You feel that? It's the way things ought to be. That doesn't mean that peace means you'll never have problems. That's not what Jesus told us. Jesus never said that if you follow me, I'm going to take away all the bad stuff. He said just the opposite. In John 16, he said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials, many sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. This is why the world doesn't understand peace. Because it doesn't come from the world. It comes from Jesus. What is perfect peace? What is shalom? How do we experience this kind of wholeness? You, you have to understand. You have to embrace this truth. If you don't get anything else out of here today, you have to get this. That peace isn't the absence of problems. Peace is the presence of God. That is why the world doesn't understand it. Because they have the wrong definition of it. This is why. It's, it's presence. It's God's perspective. It's God's assurance. Even when life is throwing all kinds of crazy things at you, that you are steady, that you are confident, that you are, are at rest and at peace. This is, this is about the transcendent nature of God's presence in our lives. You understand what I mean by that? that but when we have the presence of God with us, that transcends, it rises above everything else that's happening around us. That's why the person 
who has had their heart ripped out and shattered in a million pieces. And they're standing at the head of a casket. And they're grieving and mourning. And yet that person can say to other people, and they mean it, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I don't know how I'm going to survive this loss, but I, and I can't explain this, but I just feel peace. How can somebody say that? Because it sounds, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't go together. It doesn't make sense. Oh, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I don't know that I'm ever going to get through this, and yet I feel at peace. Why? How? What? That's why a person who, who is in those moments when you're alone, but you don't feel lonely... Because you feel God. You know that he's right there with you. How, 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 does, how can that be? That's what the Apostle Paul wrote about when he said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, he said, we want you to know that we don't grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. But we know that Jesus died and he rose again. And so we know that when Jesus returns... God will bring with him the believers who have died. That's what peace is. It's the presence of God that I know that this hurts. And yet, God is good. It's the presence of God that transcends our circumstances. So you might be in the middle of a really crummy season. But it doesn't mean that you can't have peace. Sometimes we, we think that there's no hope for us. It's been a bad year, and so now, you know, Christmas is going to be ruined for us. I, I was talking to someone just the other day that uh, has had just a really hard year, really, really difficult. And they said, I just can't wait for, I just can't wait for Christmas to be over. Uh, our family has really struggled. We're just not feeling anything good. This Christmas, and this is the words they said, Christmas is just going to be a waste, no, 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 no. No, it's, it's not. You, 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 you've got your focus on the wrong things. You've been watching the Hallmark Channel and you think that you're supposed to feel those feelings. That's not what peace is. That's some corny stuff, you know? That, I mean, that's manufactured. Real peace. It, it, it transcends all that's wrong. Everything that, that hurts, it doesn't mean the absence of problems. This is what he says, I, you will have perfect peace. You will have it. It doesn't mean that you won't have problems. It means I'm with you always. You can trust me. So with the time I've got left, I want to help us with this because you can have it. You, it, it can be yours. God promised it. Jesus said, I'm going to give it to you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. That's what he said. I give you something else, something bigger, something better. So even if things are uncomfortable or inconvenient or it feels unbearable, you can have peace. I promise. We're going to see this. The first thing I want to, want to challenge you with is that the path to the promise of peace begins in your mind. It really does. You know, and, and this isn't one of those like, oh, let's all think positively until, you know, fake it till we make it. That's not what I'm saying. But it is true that what you fix your thoughts on there your life trend, trends, you know, tends to trend. Whatever you're thinking, that's, that's where you, you end up. It starts there. Every day there is a war going on in your mind and in my mind. There's a struggle. And what's going to grab your attention? What's going what's to occupy your, your focus? 
Are you gonna, where are you going to fix your thoughts? And everybody knows this. Everybody knows there's a competition. Advertisers know that. That's why they're looking for more, more flashy, uh, you know, more, more attention grabbing. How can we whet your appetite a little bit? They know they've got to compete for your attention. News outlets know this. That's why they come out with these outrageous headlines. You know, don't you love that? You'll be watching the news and they say, there's a new study that has just shown that there may be something in your house that is silently killing you and you don't even know it's there. What is it? Oh, we'll tell you tonight at the 9 o'clock news. You're like, you're going to leave me hanging right there. Like, oh, man, what is it? What is it? Well, what is it? it? They're trying to get you to tune in. They want to occupy that space in your mind. There's turmoil. There's problems everywhere. But that doesn't mean we can't have peace. Some of you may recall the, the great theologian, Paul Harvey. He used to say, in times like these, it helps to recall that there have always been times like these. Some of us are, are doom and gloom all the time. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really kind of getting exhausted with that. People saying, oh, the world has never been as bad as it is now. Everything's terrible and all oh, these kids and all this stuff and everything. We're fixated on everything negative. Everything is worst case scenario. The world's about to fall apart. The, the, the stock market's going to crash and we're gonna, all going to be homeless and destitute and then nuclear war is going to break out and all this stuff's going to happen. And I want to say, stop it. You are scaring the children. Stop. <laughs> it's always been bad. There's always been problems. The path to the promise of peace begins in your mind. You don't believe me? Look at this verse in Isaiah 26 again. Verse 3, it says that God will keep in perfect peace all who trust in him. All whose thoughts are fixed on him. It doesn't say you'll have perfect peace when your thoughts are fixed on the news or on your finances or on the bad news from your doctor and you just, I just can't stop thinking about it. I just can't stop thinking about it. I just, I, I want to, but I just can't stop thinking about it. You're not going to have peace there. Perfect peace is when your mind is focused and fixed on the truth of God. That's when we, a person can say, yeah, this kind of, this is concerning to me, but I know that the promises of my God will never fail. And no matter what happens, I know that he has me in the palm of his hand, and he has a plan for my life, and I'm okay with that. Wherever he calls me to walk, whatever, whatever that's going to look like, I trust in him. That's peace. And then we go on and we live. And, and, and we do the things that God calls us to do, and we enjoy the moments that we have. I like the Hebrew word that's translated as fixed, when it says your, your thoughts are fixed on him. It's the word samach, and it means to, to lean on completely. It means to, to fully rest oneself. So it's kind of like this. You say that, that this is God right here. And, and, and what it means is that I'm fixed on you. I'm fully, I'm fully leaning. It's, it's that I put my full weight, all of it. And I trust that it's not going to collapse on me, that I'm not going to fall. I, I, can, I know that I'm in his hands, that he has me. He's holding me up. I'm not, you know, people say, oh, I feel like I've let God down. You, you've, ne you've not let God down. You've never one time in your life let God down. You know why? Because you weren't holding him up. He holds you up. That's, that's what this is. Samach, my thoughts are fixed on you. It means I trust you completely. I'm resting on your promises that's perfect peace. That's what it looks like. 
And some of us right now, we don't have a sense of that. We don't have it in our life. We're waiting for peace to just happen to us. And so what we say is, well, I just don't feel like I'm in the Christmas spirit this year. That's a way of saying, well, it just, it just hasn't happened to me yet. It hasn't hit me. I don't know. I, maybe if I go watch a movie. Maybe, maybe I listen, need to listen to some music. or maybe, I don't know. Go look at Christmas lights. I, I don't know. I just, I just don't feel like I'm in the, the mood for it. Something's off. You're searching the, the wrong places. You're, you're craving peace. God made you to have that desire. And then Jesus said, I give it to you. I do not give as the world gives. So if you're looking for it in Christmas lights or, you know, a, a special memory that you hope to make with family and then somebody gets sick and they throw up everywhere and, oh, no, now it's ruined. And, and if, if all of our hopes are hanging on to those things, we're looking in the wrong places. He says, I give you perfect peace. It comes from me. Let me just say this, that wherever there's a purpose, there will be problems. God said, I mean, it was one of his promises that he, he, he infuses our life with purpose. If you're alive, you've got breath in your lungs, you have purpose. Something that God wants to do in you, through you. You know, you're here, you're not an accident. You're not meaningless. Your life isn't meaningless. You mean something to God. And he has purpose for your life. But where there's purpose, there are going to be challenges. Whenever God's leading you to a new place or he's doing a new thing, he wants to grow you to a new level, you're going to face adversity there. It's going to be a struggle. And a lot of us are trying to avoid that. That's why we don't, that's why we feel the, you know, everything just feels bad. Because I don't want pain, I don't, I don't want struggle, so we, and, and we, we want, you know, our peacefulness, again, because our definition of peace is the absence of problems, that everything's just great and grand and wonderful, and so we, we don't focus on purpose, we don't focus on that there will be difficult days because God is doing something much bigger in me. Whenever there's purpose, there's problems. You can count, even, even after the birth of Jesus, and I mean, here's one way that we know this. When Jesus was born, you would think the birth of God's son would be just free of problems. I mean, it just should be this wonderful thing that happened, and everything just worked out wonderfully, and yet, I mean, on the very first moment, there's, there's no room. There's no room for him. Like, for, on moment one, there's struggle. Moment two is King Herod, who's threatened by the thought that there could be someone who might be a challenge to his authority, says, you know what, I, I'm not going to have this. So he ordered that all the boys two years and under be killed in, in Bethlehem and in the surrounding villages. And so now you've got Mary and Joseph with this, with this newborn, and they have to flee to Egypt. They're on the run because they know that this thing is going to happen. There's all this, this struggle. You think about the stress and the nerve-wracking, the discomfort of this young couple with their new child that, hey, by the way, this is the son of God, so take care of him, please. And now the king is trying to kill him. Like, what? what but whatever, wherever there's a purpose, there will be problems. 
And we just have to remember that, that peace, it's not the absence of problems. It's the presence of God. It's the presence of God. The world will not understand it. The world will tell you that it, it, is, it, it, is, it is Hallmark stuff. It's when it snows on Christmas Eve. That's peace. It's not. It's not. The world will tell you it's when you actually you got the Red Rider BB gun, Ralphie. Ah, it all came together at the last second. Now, now I feel good because the truth is a lot of us are going to go to bed on Christmas Eve and we're going to wake up on Christmas morning with the same problems and with the same pain. And the same struggles, it's not going to change just because the 24-hour period has passed. But we don't find peace in that. We find peace somewhere else. Jesus said in John 14, this is so powerful, he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You say, well, that sounds really nice. I wish I could do that. You can. It's a choice. It all begins in your mind. Every day there's a struggle. Every day there's a struggle for your mind. What are you going to focus on? Where are you going to place your trust? Where are you going to pl- is it going? When you get up in the, what's the first thing you do in the morning? For some of us, the first thing we do, we roll over, we grab that phone, and we're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Well, what did everybody do over the night, you know? What, what funny things did they share? Or, 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 we, or we grab the remote control, we turn on the TV, and the first thing we wake up to is bad news. What's the first thing you do? Or some of us, the first thing we do is we wake up and we talk to the Lord. We say, God, give me peace today. Help me to focus, focus my heart, to focus my thoughts on you. I know there's going to be a struggle. I know I'm headed right now into a battle for my mind help me from the moment my feet hit the floor help me to focus on you that's where you're going to find it jesus said i give it to you i give you this emmanuel so the scripture said that his name will be called emmanuel which means god is with us that's it from the very first announcement that was 600 years before he was born to the prophet isaiah A child will be born to us, a son will be given, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. God is with us. That's where, that's peace. It's the presence of God. This is why I preach this over and over again, because I really want us to know it, that following Jesus is not a religion. We don't follow a religion. This is not religious stuff. We are invited into a relationship with Jesus Christ, and there's a difference. It's not about rule following, checking boxes and making sure I do all the right things. It's about allowing his life to be applied to my life because when the life of Jesus is applied to my life, it makes me more like Jesus. That's that's the, the whole point. And when that happens, you can have peace no matter what the circumstances because God's with you. And your thoughts are fixed there. So if you've been longing to know that, if you've been longing to know that it's not too late, if you've been longing to know that you haven't gone too far, or that, you're not, that you're never abandoned, that you, you can be forgiven, i got great news for you, and that is that Jesus came for you, and God is here right now. You realize he, he is in this room. The presence of the Lord 
is in this room right now. And not only is he in this room with us, but he goes with us as we leave. He stays. Jesus said, I love the scripture in Revelation chapter 3. He says, I, behold, I, I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone would open the door, I will come in and eat with him and, and he with me. He's knocking on the door of your life. Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart because he wants you to allow him to make his home there. Will you let him? Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Come close to God and he will come close to you. Let me pray for us. Lord, I pray that we might experience the fullness of the peace that is promised. I know that uh, not just not this, this time of the year, but, but at all times, you promise to be the prince of peace, that you are a God who delivers us from our fears. You, you, you save us from, from our sins. You have rescued us from the, the fires of hell. You snatch us out of, and, and you've You've brought us to your side. Help us to, to rest there, to put our full confidence and, and fix our thoughts on the hope that we have through Jesus Christ, your son. I'm so thankful that we have this wonderful opportunity to, to walk with you and to know you and, and that you are guiding us and you are lighting our path for us. Help us to stay close to you this week and every week. And fill our hearts with peace. And it's in Jesus' name I pray all these things. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you next Sunday. It's going to be a great service next weekend. We can't wait to see you then.